I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, always opposite me, Mr. Blake Harrison. Morning. Morning, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, mate. I'm fresh-faced. I've just returned from uh, from a little uh, city break, a four-day jaunt, a five-day jaunt uh, around Rome. Beautiful place. Lovely stuff. It is a lovely, lovely place. I've been to Rome. It's very, very, very nice. How was how was the time in Rome? Did you do any sightseeing or anything like that? <laughs> nah, nah, just kind of went to a Witherspoons and found an Irish pub and just plotted up. No, obviously, uh, just <laughs> relentless sightseeing. It's, uh, and and it is relentless. It's uh, There's so much to see there. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty amazing place. Like, you know, you go and do all the... All the obvious stuff, you know, Colosseum, and we we went to went to Pompeii. We got a, a trip out to Pompeii, which was oh, uh, nice, pretty uh, pretty mad. And then went up Mount Vesuvius, had a little look in a volcano, all of that stuff. Like, yeah, it was good, lovely, it was good. You enjoyed Rome when you yeah. went. I do, I do. I don't know why you're saying that because you reckon I've got like <laughs> a, a couple of little things I could mention about Rome, I guess. Um, uh, I didn't do like Vesuvius or, or or Pompeii or anything. We did do the Colosseum, which was fun. And this is just a side note: we had like the funniest tour guide that purposefully. It sounds bad. He was doing it as a joke, but he was like, he was kind of being purposefully misogynistic, and he was just like, we were in the Colosseum, and he was just like, okay, I'm gonna do. A, I, I can't do an Italian accent, but he was like, down here, the men would be all here, and then. All the way up there where you can't see anything. That's where the women had to be. And then he'd just pump his fist and be like, yes, Roma! Like that. <laughs> to this to this tour of people. There was both men and women, you know. But he was doing it tongue-in-cheek, and it was pretty funny. But Rome, for me, was just like... So I, it was about 10 years ago, me and, and my, my wife uh, were in Rome. She was not my wife at the time. Um, but uh, we were in Rome, and... Um, God, I remember a few things. One, the, the weirdest place I ever got like recognised. I was in the Vatican. <laughs> like, I was literally in the Vatican, and uh, and some British lad was like, "Oh, Neil, in between us, I'm, like, I'm literally where like the Pope lives," and they're getting recognised there. And then there was even like a moment where me, me and my wife were. Um, we were, there's so many lovely little restaurants around Rome, especially when you go away from the piazzas. Yeah. You go down the little like side cobble yeah, streets, lovely. these lovely restaurants, uh, and we were just out on the cobble streets eating. And some Italian guy walked past me and kind of did a double take and then came over and spoke like broken English and was like, oh, are you that from the in-betweeners? I was like, 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, oh, well, I've watched something here. He might have had some British friends yeah. or something. I don't know. And then he legged it to like his apartment and came back with like this like foreign like Italian DVD. Signed <laughs> 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 this little DVD, which was funny. And one of the reasons I remember that as well was because. My wife is terrified of like rats and mice. She hates yeah. that uh, rats that's and mice. Fair enough. And where we were eating, yeah, that's fair especially enough. if you're um, eating. Where we were eating, yeah, where we were eating was um, was the food was gorgeous, like so fresh, really nice. But just sort of behind her, down like one of the side streets, I, on, I shit you not, one of the biggest rats I've ever seen in my life kept just like popping out. And popping back again as if it was looking at us going, you done with your food yet, mate? <laughs> nah, nah, I'll wait a bit. And it would come out and stay there. And I would start doing weird things like make big arm gestures or like slightly stand up and stretch my back. So, so Kerry, who had a back to it, didn't see the rat. And I was just doing which She was like, what are you doing? It sounds and like some shocking sitcom scene. It really was. It really was. Because I, I didn't want her to see I thought it would ruin her enjoyment of it. So I'm there like straight. Fucking Basil 40. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Um, but I remember one night we went to, um, we ended up in some sh- some kind of weird sort of like student bar that was full of like Americans. I don't know what the deal with it was. I don't know if it was like an American one for like foreign students or whatever. But it was like an American bar and they do all, all these like raspberry shots. It was like like proper like what Blake likes to drink. Yeah. Is it fruity and doesn't taste like alcohol but gets me smashed? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, and I remember just doing loads of them with these random Americans and, and my wife. And um, just was off my face to the point where um, we just kept running around the piazza. For some reason, me and my wife was kept running around the piazza. Because she thought that um, when I was playing Pro Evo or FIFA or something before we went abroad, uh, that, that Rakitic, you remember Rakitic, yep. the player Rakitic? Sounded like Wackatit. And for some reason, we just kept shouting Wackatit and running around the piazza. We were in our mid-20s yeah. and we were smashed. Um, and then got back and I was violently sick into like um, uh, the, the, the bin that had, you know, had that, um, like the little plastic bag thing in it or whatever. And it was illuminous red for these, like, raspberry shots or something. And I was, like, violently sick into this bin. And I felt so bad about it. The next day, I didn't want, like, a cleaner to go near it. So I just tied up this see-through plastic bag (laughs) and was walking out the hotel (laughs) with this bag of red sloshy vomit. And I just had to go and find a bin just away from our hotel, just, like, walking through the lobby of the hotel, walking out onto the street. Yep, just a man with a see-through bag of red vomit. And she still married you. She still That's married me. That's a keeper, mate. That, that is a keeper. That's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Shouting wackatit and then running around the piazza was was a highlight. That's when I knew I'd found the yeah. one. Um, Saw so you. Um, another little picture of you this week uh, on the socials. I did see that your missus. Uh, quite a few comments uh, echoing uh, the same as mine. I see your brother put one on there as well. You, uh, you got your Daniel Craig on this week, didn't you? <laughs> got me Daniel Craig. We went to the beach. It's like the palest family at the beach. Uh, like I was levering up the sun cream. I still got burnt in. Like you know, when like you've just missed a bit, like just a little strip, like yeah. under your armpit or something like that. That was just red. So it's like the palest family on the uh, on the beach. But it was great. My daughter, the the, the water was ice cold yeah. it was so cold where was you but my daughter's just fearless she just ran into it um like on the kent coast like not far from broadstairs yeah. 
We were down there and it's just gorgeous sandy beach, kind of a little bit more remote as well. It's not like super busy. I mean, there's not much there. Yeah. So it's not like, like you could go down to Margate or proper Broadstairs yeah. or whatever and you'd have a lot more amenities there. But we were just in a more isolated bit. So there's not much there, but it's just beautiful. But the water was freezing. And my daughter's just, just straight in there, no worries. But the rest of us were like just tiptoeing in gradually it's like, oh, oh, no. um, <laughs> the thing is once one uh, of the litlands go in you've got to go in then haven't you and it's yes. like oh for yeah. god's sake you really hope that the litlands are going to dip their toe in and go oh, i don't want to go in now just bury me in the yeah. sand let's do that stuff yeah, all right cool but when yeah. they go in the water it's like oh and they really like it it's like oh that's me for the next hour isn't it freezing me titties off in that water uh, yeah has yeah. to be done has to be done mate has to be done right anyway holidays aside it's back to business. UFC 275 this weekend, Singapore. Um, oh, there's some big fights at the top of that card. Yeah, you agree? Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I'm like, I've just got one out on my own then. It was like, you're just like, it's a big fight. I was like, I was expecting you to like elaborate a little bit or go, well, shall we start with We've this? We've got such a lovely connection just, on this podcast that we can read each stopped. other. <laughs> You just stopped and stared at me, and I was like, "That's not a question. That's that's nothing. That's, what is that? I'll I'll do this bit then, shall I? Yes, Yuri Prohaska uh, fighting Glover Teixeira. I mean, there's so many elements of this fight that absolutely fascinate me. I mean, there's the classic kind of like the veteran versus the young, hungry warrior. I mean, Glover Teixeira is 42 years old. Mm. Will he keep that kind of mentality? I mean, he's achieved everything he's kind of set out to achieve, isn't he? He um, There was that countdown episode. I've watched the countdown episode for this event. And um, he had a bit where he said, before he fought Jan Blachowicz, he was going to bring the belt home and tie it around this mango tree that they've got on their farm in Brazil. And he comes out and he does that. He ties the belt around it. It was families all cheering and all that stuff. And he says something along the lines of, mission given, mission accomplished, now I want to relax. And it's like, oh, well, but am I reading too much into this? Or is that the insight into the mind of someone that has achieved everything they need to achieve? They know they're going to get a huge payday being the main event of a pay-per-view card, the biggest payday they've ever had in their career. He's 42 years old. Is he thinking, I'm just going to take the money and, and that's it? I mean, obviously he's a competitor, but Yuri Prohaska is going to be going in this all guns blazing. Mm. And if Glover isn't absolutely on point, the best glow, one of the best Glover sharers we've seen, he's not going to win this fight. And not only is he not going to win this fight, the way that Prohashka is, he could get brutally finished. So he's really got to be on it. Um, I just think... Uh, in, in, Prohashka's had something like 28 wins... 25 he's won by a knockout. Three in the two, UFC, think, though. Got... Only three in the UFC. Two in the oh, UFC. Oh, is this the third? This is the third, yeah. This is the third fight in the UFC. Yeah. The so third and, but, I mean, uh, Reyes. Reyes, yeah. I mean, he, he but didn't muck about there. He's... No, I mean, there's a reason he's getting a title fight, just f- his third fight mm. into his UFC career. One, he does have a very big, like, a big MMA record, you know, 28, 3 and 1. He was on a tearing uh, rise in money. He was on a tear in Ryzen. He's beat people like Vadim Nemkov, CP who's the Bellator way. champion. Or, yeah, all these big names. 
But UFC is a step up, but he's gone into that and put on unbelievable performances. Not just he's not just one. He's one with standout finishes, knockouts, unbelievable fights. He gets hit as well. Mm. I mean, he's just got he's rangy, he's long for the division, he's um he's got for kind of a frantic and chaotic striking style. Um and he overwhelms his opponents with that. He creates weird angles. He, he, he swarms his opponents a lot of the time with very little regard for his own cardio. He just seems to just go for his it. Movement that, his movement is key. His movement is key. His movement is key. But can he keep that up for five rounds? We've never. I don't know that he's ever been five rounds. I think the longest he's ever been is about three rounds in his whole career. So he's got all the tools to finish Glover, to do it in style... And to be a real problem for everyone else in the light heavyweight division. However, if you were to build a fighter that could beat Yuri Prohashka, I think you'd give that fighter a lot of attributes that Glover Teixeira has. Unbelievable durability, because let's be honest, he's going to get hit. Mm. He's going to get hit. He's going to get hit hard. He's going to get hit often. But Glover is the type of fighter to get hit look like he's on his way out, and then just recover. He's got unbelievable durability and someone that could still be there after three rounds. And Yuri's style, the way he bounces around and moves about and puts such volume on, on his opponents, that's not a five-round fight style. That's someone that, if it gets into the latter stage of the third round and into the championship rounds, is probably going to struggle a little bit, or at least it, it looks like he should do, unless he's got an unbelievable gas tank. Um, so Glover, if he's still there, if he's weathered that storm, then I think he could cause big problems for Yuri. Yuri gets hit as well, and Glover does have power. He's got a very rudimentary boxing style, but he's got a lot of power in his hands. And the other main thing that if you're fighting Yuri Prohashka, you want to have good wrestling and good jiu-jitsu, and Glover's got that. So there's a lot there that Glover can use from his own toolkit, as it were, to, to, to deal with Yuri Pahajka. How do you think it's going to go down? Right right from the off, I want to see Glover win. Right. I'm, I, really? Yeah, because but I just love him. I, I think like it's it's the fairy tale to sell. I, you know, I, is this the the old men sticking together? Yeah, yeah, club? Of course, is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's probably the closest to my age in the UFC. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see him. Um, uh, to be honest, I'd like to have seen him quit when he got the belt. I think it would have been the perfect finish to his career. But yeah. as you mentioned earlier, he's, he's going to get a nice payday for this and uh, and never write him off. You know, never write. What, what, I don't know why people have sort of got that tinge of always in trouble. He's the champ. He's the champ. Like you know, he you know, look who he's beat. Look at his record. Like, he's not going in there intimidated about Jerry. No way whatsoever. Um, I think we could be in for an interesting fight. I think Glover might take it into the latter rounds and maul him a little bit and, uh, and, and, and tie him up. And I'd like to see that. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, Pajelska really, really excites me. He's super fun to watch, you yeah. know, and he's he's definitely like going to be the person in that division that's the the breath of fresh air, the new guy that's making it really exciting. And obviously, you want to see, you know, divisions kind of you know move and change and, and get more exciting. And he's the guy to do that. So I'm I'm not hating on the fact that 
he, he's he, you know there's a chance he could win this. But I think people are giving Glover very little chance, and I don't know why. He's the champ, and look at his record. It speaks for itself. He's no joke. Yes, he's you know he's in the the latter years of his career, uh, and obviously he's looking to wind up his career soon. I'm sure. Um, He's in the latter years of some people's retirement. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's, he's up there, isn't he? I'd lose a finger to be 42 again, mate. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know. I, I was reading this week that um, uh, the Jew doesn't spar um, that much. And when he does, he, he's, he's, he apparently he's very efficient and, and, and doesn't spar for long periods. He's, he, apparently he spars really, really short periods of sparring, but hard. Uh, and so I'm, I'm interested to know how that might that might pay off in the latter rounds. And like you say, he's we, we speak about his his footwork, and he's amazing, and his movements, you know, difficult. I imagine trying to find a sparring partner to replicate what he does is going to be difficult. Um, yeah. But you know, I had a look at Glover's record, and you know, whenever he's fought good strikers, he has had problems. You know, if you look at, I think Rumble got rid of him in about 19 seconds, and uh, yeah. Rumble it hits like a truck. Though. Yeah. I mean that. It, 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 I, I think Yuri is powerful, mm. but he's not Rumble powerful. Yeah, pa- Rumble is like one shot and you're done. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dead. Like, <laughs> dead. One shot and you're dead. Well, yeah, um, but uh, but Yuri feels more like an accumulation of strikes. And then he's got those big hits, but it's not just like the right hand mm. like that can land all day. It's like a flying knee. It's a spinning elbow. It's a, you know, it's an accumulation of strikes. You know, the head kick he landed on Uzdemir that led to yeah. then the finish. It's very rarely just like that, that one right hand or something like that, 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 that power that Rumble possesses. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think if it gets into the latter rounds, I think we're going to get a win from Glover. I really do. I, I, I think yeah. that that movement, I mean, have we seen his cardio tested? I don't know. I've not seen many of his fights in previous organisations. Um, and you've got somebody in Glover that five rounds, he's been there, seen it, done it so many times. You know, he's a, a seasoned pro. And yeah. Does he still want it though? Like, after getting the belt at such a late stage, the oldest first-time champion ever in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a record that's going to get beat anytime mm-hmm. soon. Does he... Like, if... I can I can see a world in which Glover's kind of just going, I've done it. I've achieved it. And this next fight is like a cherry on top because it's the money. Possibly. And then he'll just retire and go off into the sunset if he gets beat. I think that's the... the, the- the sort of surface level way of looking at it. And by, by saying that, I mean, it's easy to say that that's the Rocky story, isn't it? That's the, you know, he gets there, he gets complacent and he's not that bothered anymore. He's, he's achieved the goal, but ultimately he is the champ and he's about to walk out in, into this big arena and he's not going in there to lose. He's going in there to take that. And, and I, you often see like, people talk about that hunger and I'm sure it's definitely a thing, you know, it wouldn't be spoken about so regularly if it wasn't, but I don't think 
you know, you, you're getting the, the, the Rocky Three montage of training with Glover where he's not really that fussed. He's more interested in, you know, being, uh, being enjoying the high life. I just don't see it. I, I just think, you know, these are professional fighters and he's if this is potentially his last ever fight, he don't want to go out on a loss. He wants to go out on the top of his game. And, and I think he can win this. I really do. Do you not think he's got a chance of winning it? No, I absolutely think, I, I absolutely think he's got a chance of winning it. Gun to my head, oh, I, I'm like 55% Prahashka, 45% Glover. I think it's going to be really close mm. because I think Prahashka has got every chance of quite brutally finishing Glover in the first 10 minutes really yeah. easily. But equally, if Glover at any stage, whether it's round one or round five, at any stage, if Glover gets Yuri down and pins his back to the mat and there's 90 seconds or more to work, I think Yuri's in big, big trouble. Mm. And I would not be surprised if Glover gets on his back, flattens him out and just lands punches until the ref stops it or gets a rear naked choke or any of that stuff. That is totally something that could happen. And when the fight gets into the third round, things could get very interesting because I'd imagine it will be very disparaging for someone like Yuri Prohashka, who is such a, a first-round knockout artist, has not really been into latter rounds. If he's landed loads of big strikes on Glover, maybe got a 10-8, maybe got then a, a really dominant 10-9, and Glover's still coming out for that third round, it doesn't look like he's really slowing down much because he was already a bit slow to begin with. Uh, but he... <laughs> right. I, I, I've, sorry, I've just pulled up uh, Yui's record here, right? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And so Reyes round two, Ustamir round two. Right, so one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Pretty much every single fight, bar one round three, is a round one stoppage. He's never been once. He's been three rounds. Like that's what I'm saying, though. If Glover's there in the third mm. round and comes out and and has taken a lot of what Yuri's had to give, and Yuri, the way he moves around must be so exhausting he bounces around all over the place to do that for long long periods of time must be really really difficult on your on your gas tank and if Glover comes out on that third round I I think we could see Yuri 
get a bit discouraged and uh, and Glover again will just start to land those big strikes, that right hand, that left hook and go for those takedowns. And if he can hold Yiri down, that's it. It's, it's game over. Mm. Exciting fight, right? It's really exciting. It could go mm. either way. And as, but I think the narrative is, is that Prahashka is going to do him quite simply. And I don't... And look, that's definitely a possibility. Mm. But I don't think that's a foregone conclusion at all. Mm. So, yeah, super, super exciting fight. I cannot wait for this. Because either way, if, it's, if Glover wins, what a story. Yeah. He might ride off into the sunset. He might go for another payday. What what a great story that would be if Glover wins. But if Yuri wins, the future of the light heavyweight division just got really, really exciting. It's a win-win, mate. Is, it is a win-win. It's a win-win. He is one of the most exciting fighters on the UFC roster, not just in the light heavyweight division, on the UFC roster, period. He is just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. He, and I, I can't wait. If he's the champion... A lot of people are going to be thinking, fuck, man, <laughs> that's the guy I've got to beat. And he and looks be really, cool really as fun. fuck. Let's, let's not over oh, that. Oh, he does. What, has he cut his hair? Because that is something when you're fighting. No way. Has he, has he got rid of it? Like, what? I, I would hope he has. I, I love the hair. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really, really cool. But is that going to get in your way a little bit when you're trying to pop out of a guillotine or pop out of something? Like, it's going to get in the way of it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like. To fight a guy like Glover, you're going to want to get rid of it. Is it on the barber's floor next to Ricky Simon's mullet? <laughs> oh, Ricky. Come on. Keep the mullet, Ricky. Um, but yeah, I, t- I tell you what I'd be really... And I know this, I'm getting ahead of myself now. Go on. But I'm just going to plant this seed now. Okay. Just to maybe get, get people a little bit potentially excited about something that will probably never happen. Yuri wins. Right. He goes on a few title defences. In the meantime... Israel Adesanya's had one or two more title defences and then decides, do you know what? I'm going to do moving up again, but the John Jones style. I'm going to take a year off, add loads of muscle and properly be the right weight. Because last time when he fought Jan Blahovic, he was like 203 pounds weighing in. He probably fought two stone lighter than Jan Blahovic. If he actually went and put on the muscle in like a year or two's time and moved up, and Yuri was the champ. And Adesanya was there going into the octagon at like 2.20. That would be fucking great, wouldn't it? You're not convinced. I think that'd be great. I, I think it would be great. I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. Why? Just because... I, I, I just I don't think Izzy a fancy that. I really don't. Oh, I do. Yeah? I think he'd love that. Fighting a striker that's not going to take him down... Again, I think he needs to put the weight yeah. on. He can't just show up and be a stone and a half lighter than someone. But I think if, you know, I think he'd be more inclined to want to fight Yuri Prohashka than he would, I don't know, a 205-pound wrestler, like a, a, a Corey Anderson, for mm. example, or something like that. Because you like you know what those people are going to do in it. And, I think if he's coming in at any kind of weight discrepancy, I think he could struggle with the takedown. Like Jan Blahovic is not like a takedown artist, and he just lay on him, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I, I, I think Izzy fancied it against Jan, and and I think he might have learned a little lesson. But is that because he wasn't expecting the takedowns? Because Jan was, you know, a power striker, yeah, the legendary yeah, yeah. Polish power. 
I don't. I don't know. It's, it's an interesting one. I, 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 like, I like the idea of Izzy being like two stone heavier than normal yeah. and going in there against someone like Prohaska. I think that'd be fun. And I, I, I mean, after Saturday, I'm sure surely Yarn gets the, the winner, right? Well, it's a weird one because his win over Rakic was because Rakic blew out his knee, wasn't it? And Glover did tweet Yarn. And was saying, if you win, I'll mm. and I win, we'll rematch. Blah blah. It could be Jan. It makes it. It makes sense if if Yuri wins, because then you've got this really interesting European yeah. fight: Czech Republic versus Poland. Former champion, like it would boost Yuri mm-hmm. again, uh, give him more stardom. I just, I really want to see Paul Craig mm. get a shot. I mean, he's he's fighting Uzdemir, who's no joke in July. But if he beats Uzdemir. I think he might be on one of probably not as much over Ankalaev. Ankalaev's probably had is more of a win streak than Paul Craig has, but Paul Craig beat Ankalaev. So I think Paul Craig, if he beats Uzdemir, might have the second longest win streak in the light heavyweight division. He's got that weird draw, isn't he, with Shogun Hua that was never a draw. Mm. So there's that's maybe slightly messing it up. But yeah, we're digressing off of two seven five. But I just want to see Paul Craig <laughs> get get his shot. I want to see it. Um, okay, right. What we're going to talk? Oh, yeah. Okay. Next fight, we're talking about Valentina. So I know me and you had a little kind of sort of not like a, uh, but yeah, it was a bit of a. Uh, it's you, you're getting into that sort of Ronda territory, Mike Tyson territory when. They've beaten everyone, and it's like right, and it does feel like who's the next lamb to the slaughter, and yep. and taking nothing away from Santos, you know, four fight winning streak, you know, um, obviously got the the recent win over Jojo. <sighs> I, I don't know. Take them wins, get your fight night bonuses. Do you really want a shot at dethroning Shevchenko? Like. I don't think he's going to end well this one. I'm 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 a little bit more convinced that this is a, a, a very straightforward tactical win by Valentina doing what she does best. Um I would I would agree. I think we're probably looking at a Valentina win. However, rewind a few months ago, yep. we were all saying the same thing about Absolutely. Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Peña. It's MMA. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. When you're looking at that Nunez-Pena fight, I think you could point to a few things in Nunez's personal life that maybe impacted her mentally going into the fight. And if you remember round one, Nunez looked pretty dominant. It looked like her cardio went or something. I, I don't know. Um, but there was things going on in Nunez's life that you go, maybe that sort of distracted you a bit. Valentina does not strike me as someone that gets distracted. Have you, she strikes me as like a f- fucking Terminator. Have you read just her, like any she's programmed about, to win. About this. About what? About her, the, how she sort of has deals with her mental sort of side of things. Like What, Valentina? Yeah, like she, she doesn't have no. any distractions. She <sighs> says, I, I purposely sacrifice any distraction. From what I, I don't know about her personal life, um, but it, from what I've been reading, she sounds like, look, all of that, I can wait until after my career. It sounds like everything is just like, nope, this is my career. I want to be the best. And it sounds like there are no distractions. She's never, she's always on point, right? 
always on point. Whenever you see her in there, she looks incredible. But I agree with what you said. We were saying that about Nunez and people have rough nights and sometimes there's the, the, the hungry kid that wants to that wants to take the title and, and, and has that little moment. But I don't see any blemishes in her armour or her game at the moment. I think she is that, you know, machine and I can't... You know, you look at them finishes over Andrade and, and Lauren Murphy and oh, I don't know what Santos has got in her back pocket that's going to offer anything more. No, I mean, she, she's good on the ground, but is she going to take Valentina down? I don't think so. She's got power. Look what she did to Jojo Calderwood. I mean, I know she submitted Jojo, or Jojo Wood, I should say. Um, I know she submitted her, but she landed that big right hand, I think it was, that kind of led to, to Jojo going down and then getting submitted, and it was a solid right hand. She has got power, so she has maybe got a puncher's chance. But again, are you going to land against Valentina, who's such an elite-level technical striker? Probably not. There's just no. I mean, and you look at... Um, Tyler Santos's record as well. Um, the four wi- four fight win streak she's on now: Molly McCann, Gillian Robertson, Roxanne Modafferi, Joanne Wood. Good fighters, all of them good fighters. Are they anywhere near Valentina's level? No, no. And so, but that's taking nothing, nothing away seen... from them four fighters. That. Is more no. about just how far above everybody else. She, it's a different level. She's a different level. And we're big fans of a lot of them fighters that you've just reeled off there. And they're some of the world's elite fighters. But, like, she's just a different level, Valentina. Yeah. And that, that is the point. There is, there's no one. Valentina, now that Nunes got beat by Peña, Valentina is currently the pound-for-pound pound best female fighter on the planet. Mm. Um... There's, there's just no one that, that, that touches her, which is why people were clamouring as well for this kind of like Valentina versus Nunes trilogy fight, even though Nunes is actually 2-0 up. And I believe the last fight wasn't the most exciting fight either. So, But people are still interested because there's nothing else, or there was nothing else until Pena came along and kind of messed up Nunes' uh, uh, situation. But she's just... I mean, it's it's great. On one hand, you're watching something special. You're watching Valentina Shevchenko, who is such a special fighter, and we should all be honoured and privileged to watch her go to work, and we go, wow, that is special. But on the other hand, as fight fans that want something really exciting, where we go into a fight like the Glover Prohaska fight and go, I'm not exactly sure which way is this going to go. It could go this way, but it could equally go that way. The fights have an air of predictability about them, and that's not exciting. But that's purely because so... she's cleared out the division. <laughs> she's just yeah. gone through it. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, looking ahead, if she wins this, like I, I don't know what's next. Say, do you think it's a possibility that... Um, if uh, if Nunez loses the rematch with um, oh god I forgot her name with um, Pena. Pena, do you think there's a chance of Pena Shevchenko? Absolutely, I I think I think one of the reasons Dana was probably keeping them apart was a they have fought twice already in terms of Nunez and uh, and Valentina. Yeah. Um, 
they've they've already fought twice already. But also, you got two stars. Don't don't mess it up. You got two stars. Just let them go and do their thing. Valentina's a bigger name than Juliana Pena. If Juliana Pena beats Nunes again, and she solidifies herself as a bantamweight champion, I think there is every possibility that Valentina goes. I want to fight as a two-weight champion, and Dana goes, sure, because I know you're dedicated. I know you fight regularly. You rarely ever get injured. You dominate. So, yeah, go go and do it. It's, it's the biggest fight you can make in that division. So so go for it. And Valentina, as a two-weight world champion, will draw more eyeballs than Pena as like, a bantamweight champion. So, yeah, I, I think for sure they would do that. I think keep a very close eye on it. And I think even if Nunes were to win, you'd probably have to do a trilogy with Pena mm-hmm. and then after that you're looking at a situation where maybe you can do Valentina Nunes again so how many fights has Nunes got, le- Nunes got left she was talking about retiring mm. and stuff and so yeah but that that will definitely be something to keep an eye on is the result of that Pena Nunes fight if Pena wins I think Valentina will will step up yeah exciting right I've got a level with you this is the fight I'm most excited about this next one we're going to talk about Yep, yep. Uh, Joanna versus Whaley. And, oh, I mean, I know we got five rounds last time and uh, we're only going to get three this time. I'll take that. Like, I'm, I'm so... It's a shame, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is a shame it's not five rounds. Well, hopefully the three rounds will mean that Joanna's head will stay the same size and uh, and it won't end up <laughs> True. like uh, how it did in the, the fourth and the fifth in the last fight. Um, I'm so excited to see um, Joanna come back um, we've not seen her in the cage since two four eight when she lost that uh, decision a few a couple of years ago now to uh, to Zhang and oh, one of the greatest fights of all time in my, in my opinion. I, I think it was absolutely phenomenal and close as well, close and and I think yeah, I, mean, I think it was a split decision. Yeah. yeah, and I think people it was a split and and I think people look back at that and I, I guess you will probably look at the. If you see the clip of, of, of Zhang having her hand raised and look at what Joanna looked like, you'd imagine it was a far more one-sided affair, but it wasn't. And uh, and obviously, Joanna had been on a tear at that point. You know, up. I mean, she'd had some losses, but was you know was still a ferocious beast. And 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 said like she basically had to take some time out, and uh, she didn't want to fight in empty arenas over lockdown. She wasn't interested in that. Uh, she wanted to renegotiate. Uh, her deal with the UFC. Apparently, she's signed a very nice contract now, and uh, and yeah, um, she's she's clown read an interview yesterday saying that she's in the best shape ever. I know every fighter is going to say that anyway, um, but yeah, just come out of a, a five month camp, uh, uh, American Top Team, and uh, yeah, I'm just really interested to see what Joanna comes back because she was a terrifying spectacle. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've mentioned a lot of her fights over the, the, the duration of these podcasts and seeing her destroy Carla Esparza in that, that, that first fight mm-hmm. to get the title. I, I'd never seen anything that ferocious before in, 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 um, in women's UFC, in women's MMA. It was terrifying. Um, and, and I think, and just that the stare down when she drops low and looks up at you, she looks yeah. terrifying. Uh, and I, I know we, we often ask fighters about that the stare down. Do you take anything from it? But I, that's the stare down I wouldn't want. I would not want that drop yeah. down 
because she looks, she just looks like she's going to fucking kill you. Um, yeah, so I'm really, really excited about this. She's saying that she thinks uh, um, Zhang's lost a little bit uh, since their last fight. She feels she's gone off the boil a little bit. I disagree with that. Uh, I think she's looked very, very good. And, uh, and we've, you know, we've got... Yeah, she's, I mean, she's saying here, let me just read this out to you. Uh, I think she's not the same after our first fight, uh, Joanna said. Uh, of course I lost, but that's not the same. Uh, but she's she's not the same. Uh, but she's still one of the most fav- uh, dangerous fighters in division. It's going to be a hell of a fight. I just have to put the gas pedal down and be first, be violent, be smart uh, from the first seconds of the fight. There is no time to be wasted in this fight. So I will have to play my game from the first seconds of the fight. It's going to be a medical procedure. I'm going to be the best surgeon and I will pick the right tools and use them at the right time. Sharp. <laughs> Love that shit. She's a, she's a great talker, <laughs> yeah. isn't she, Joanna? Considering English isn't her first language yeah. as well, you're like, she can sell a fight. That sounds amazing. Because yeah. what it makes me do is it makes me go, Oh, no, it's fine that it's three rounds because it's going to be fucking yeah. chaos. Um, oh, I, there's a couple of factors in, in what you just said. One, I agree. I don't think Zhang has lost anything. In fact, I think she's improved. I think she's worked with Henry Zahudo for a while. We saw in that second Rose fight her implementing a bit more wrestling and take that. Although for this one, it looks like when I watched the countdown show, she was training more in Thailand. So maybe she's not expecting to try and take this fight to the ground. Maybe she expects Joanna's takedown defense to be too good. Joanna's takedown defense usually is too good to be taken down by wrestlers that are better than Zhang. So, Three rounds of Muay Thai would be lovely, Blake Harrison. I'd be it, all it, over it, that. It really would. It really, really would. Um and it could be really exciting. Um, I think the power is slightly in, in Zhang's favour. Um, and when you look at how MMA fights are scored, the damage done, you know, Zhang, I think, maybe has to be the favourite. Not only that, she's four, and she's fought top opposition. She's and Since that fight, she, she did get head kicked by Rose in a matter of seconds, but then she came back and really improved and, and, and made her game much more well-rounded, I think. Um, and in that second fight, that was a really close, very, very good fight Absolutely. Uh, between Rose and Zhang that second time around. Joanna has not fought since the Zhang fight. She's had over two years away. What's the psychological aspects going to be like? With everything she's saying to the media, what's it like when she's sat alone thinking, my first fight back after two years away is against the woman that did that to me before that she I grew another head that was the psychological the psychological aspects of that are quite fascinating like how much has she dealt with that how much when she stands opposite Zhang when Zhang's had two other world-class fights and she's just there potential ring rust any of that kind of thing staring at the woman that did that to her last time is that going to play a factor in her mind is she going to not be able to pull the trigger as much? Is she going to be more defensive? It's just going to be fascinating to see. I love you, Anna. I think she's been... She probably is the greatest strawweight of all time at this stage, particularly after Rose mm-hmm. lost to Esparza. Um, and she'll go down in history as one of the greatest female fighters ever. And most exciting to watch. Um, and one of the most exciting to watch, for sure. But um, 
I know you... But yeah, this is just fascinating. I, ju- I just don't know which way it's going to go. I, I think I would favour Zhang. Well, you, you say Zhang's probably got the the the, the, the edge when it, when it comes to power, but I think Joanna likes to throw punches in bunches and she's rapid. And mm-hmm. it's that, that kind of, you know, barrage of shots that I think does the damage with her. And, and I wonder... You know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Is that speed still there? You know, is, is that going to be rusty? Mm. Because it's not like she's come back and she's, you know, she's fighting somebody, you know, at the, at the sort of tail end of the top 10 to, to, to get back in the octagon and get, you know, blow off a bit of ring rust. She's going in at the very top. She's fighting somebody that's, you know, had a lot, literally every one of her recent fights have been for titles and absolute killer. So I think... I think there's a lot of questions to be asked over Johanna at this point, and and I can't wait to see what answers she's got because I think I, I just want to see her come out as she would have two years ago, you know, super fast, super confident, and uh, and, and and trying to take the head off of Zhang. And but that's that's a big ask because. I, I think Zhang's an absolute beast. And yeah, I, this has got every every ingredient for an absolute corker. And like and if yep. and if Joanna isn't the fighter she was, if them two years have took as have left any gaps in her game, Zhang will find them and absolutely yep. capitalise on them. And and I think we could and see, he- you know, a win there for Zhang. And the other thing is just to to spice this fight up a little bit more. The fact that Esparza is now the champion means I think the winner of this fight fights for the belt next. Hundred percent. Mar- Marina Rodriguez got beat by Esparza a few fights ago. I, I think Marina's probably the most deserving fighter. Like Joanna's had two years out. This is her first fight back. Zhang has as you know lost the belt, then lost the rematch. I think Marina Rodriguez deserves the fight more than the other guys. However, the biggest names are the ones fighting on Saturday night, Joanna and Zhang. And Joanna has a win over Esparza. Zhang, I don't think, has fought Esparza. So they're going to feel like fresher matchups because the, the obviously the Joanna Esparza fight was so many years ago now. <sighs> yeah, this, this, this fight is, is, is probably the unofficial but official number one contender fight for that belt and Carla Esparza will probably be keeping a close eye on this fight and I also think the winner of this fight whether it's Joanna or Zhang will be the favourite going into a fight against Carla Esparza oh definitely I I, I, I think uh, Zhang would, would destroy Carla Esparza I've said it um, and, I, and I think if, if we see if we see uh, uh, I said it <laughs> if we see Joanna uh, come out you know even a, a, a tad shadow of her former self I still think she's got all the tools to to put away Esparza I really do and uh, and my god like somebody fight Carla Esparza and erase that awful fucking memory of that last fight it needs to be erased sooner rather than later and and I think even one of these these fighters that are at the uh, fight at the weekend will will be that they know that if they get through this fight this weekend they're going to get the belt I think that's in their mind. I think they both see Carla Esparza as a very beatable champ. And I'm, uh, do you know what? I feel like I'm being tough on her here, but I do think it's a very beatable champ. There he said it. Um, <laughs> ne- 
So, to be honest, there's not a huge amount on the card other than the fights we talked about that that is like overly fascinating or anything for me. But I'll run down a few of them. See if you want to jump in. All right. Bonterin versus Manel Cape. I I I quite like Manel Cape. I mean, he's had an interesting one because there was a lot of buzz about him coming over from Ryzen. Then he lost his first two UFC fights. He lost to Pantoja and then uh, someone else can't remember. But he was 0-2 in his first two UFC fights. But now has just won his last two fights by, I think, first round KO in both fights. So he's 2-2, two and two, but the last two fights have been first round finishes. And now he's fighting Bonterin, who's ranked 8th. The fact that Bonterin is ranked 8th when he's only won one in his last four fights, I think, speaks to the lack of depth in the flyweight yeah, division. 100%. I think there's, you know, you've got Figueredo, you've got Moreno, you've got Pantoja, you've got Kaikara France. There are some good fights. Brandon Royval, I'm a fan of. But ultimately, to be ranked 8th when you're 1 and 4 and you're not like a big star, I think that speaks to a lack of depth. So, uh, Bonterin. Uh, he's his losses are to, to good names like Kaikara France and, and Brandon Royval. Um, he's going to be looking to keep this fight, I think, grounded. He's he's very powerful, Bonterin. He can strike, but Manel Cap is a different level of striker. And again, a bit like Yuri Prohajka in a way, he moves around a lot. Uh, he will come at you with flying knees and unique strikes and a lot of feints. He's a very, very good striker. Bonterin will want to get a body lock on him quick, use his strength, take him down and use his superior grappling. So it's going to be a sort of, I think, that kind of classic striker versus grappler matchup. Can Bonterin get him to the ground? But Bonterin does have power. He can definitely catch him and, and Minel does get caught every now and again. But I, I think I'm going to lean towards Minel Cap. He's got the momentum. I can see him landing something big, one of his flying knees, an uppercut, spinning elbow, something like that, something fun. And we could get an early finish in that fight. Anything you want to say about that? No, I mean, Bontrin's losses weren't weren't anything to be ashamed of. Kaikar France, Ray Borg, you know, legit fighters. But yeah, uh, no, I'm just looking down the, the the rest of the card. It's strange. I mean, we've got some insane cards coming up the rest of this year that are stacked from top to bottom. And I'm I'm not hating on on this weekend's card. There's three huge huge fights on 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 this card. Um, but the rest of the card, it does feel a little weak. Like, well, I I tell you one little storyline that is quite nice cool. is Andre Fialo. Uh, Fialo, I think it's Portuguese welterweight. Yep. He um he fought and won in April and May, and is now fighting in June. So three fights in three months. That's Dana White loves that shit. Well, look at and, look at his record. Like uh, left hook stoppage round one, uh, punches stoppage round one. Like, keep, and he lost his UFC debut to Michelle Pereira yeah. in a very very close fight. So you know, there, there's a lot to say about Andre Fialo. If he wins this fight and he gets three wins in three months, that's pretty special, pretty good going. And and you could see someone getting fast tracked into that top 15 because they've shown willing to do something like that, you know. Um, that's, some, that's some camp, isn't it? That's literally, what? he's training, literally just on the bands, like every month. That is yes. insane oh, yeah, training. Yeah, yeah. Like It's insane. He must but be again, if you're getting those first pizza. round, 
Yeah, <laughs> but if you're getting those first round finishes, it seems, and, and you've only just got into the UFC, that seems like the thing to do. You mm. make a name for yourself, you're there regularly, and you're showing Dana White, Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, hey, mm. I'm game for anything. Yeah. Throw me in there. They love people like that. And the fans will love you. Like this, the, the UFC roster is so massive that you've got to do big things to stand out. Mm. And getting first round finishes and fighting every month. So the fans go, oh, this guy's back. Oh, this guy's back. And, the, and it all moved, we say this about Arnold Allen. The news cycle happens so quickly in MMA. Arnold Allen, at the performance of his life, knocking out Dan Hooker in round one in London in front of a packed crowd in a co-main event. That guy should be skyrocketed right now into a number one contender fight for, all I, uh, for what I think. And what's happened? Nothing. Calvin Cater's fighting Josh Emmett. Now you've got Mobsvar. Mo- oh, that's something we could possibly talk about. Mobsvar um, Evloev, who fought on Saturday night and beat Dan Ige very convincingly, calls out Arnold Allen. And you're like, well, Evloev's ranked 10th. Arnold Allen shouldn't be fighting behind him. But what's, what else does he do? Because I think he's calling out a Korean zombie. I think that is the right fight. Korean Zombie just lost a title fight. He's probably not going to want to get back in there for a little while. Is Arnold Allen going to end up having to fight behind him yet again, even though he's on a nine-fight win streak, tied with Alexander Volkanovsky? And I know Alexander Volkanovsky has fought way higher competition than Arnold Allen, but it's not Arnold's fault. Arnold wants to fight the top guys. And fighting a guy ranked 10th, it's again, it's one of those things where everyone's like, oh, you're ducking Mozar Evloev. No, he's not. He, he knows that if he beats Mavzar Evloev, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, that Evloev wasn't as good as we all thought it was. So now Alan's on a 10-fight win streak, but who's he really beat? He's not beat anyone in the top five. And he goes, well, I wanted to fight someone in the top five. You're all slagging me off for not fighting yeah. this guy behind me. So it's not fair. He Arnold Allen should be fighting a guy ranked above him. He's on a nine-fight win streak. Evloev calling him out. Yeah, great call out. I can understand why he's done it. A lot of that division is also... Matched up. You've got Yair Rodriguez fighting Brian Ortega soon. The division is quite matched up. And Arnold Allen is sort of the, the odd one out. So I understand why Evloev has picked him out. But Arnold Allen's not ducking anyone. He deserves to fight a guy in front of him in the rankings. That's what he should be doing. It's just that a lot of them are tied up at the moment. So it's, it's difficult. But he shouldn't be fighting Evloev, who is like... I don't know, four places behind him or whatever. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it looks to me, just look, looking ahead as we start to sort of wrap this up, that do you think they've announced the full card for London now? It looks like it's pretty complete from... Oh, I haven't I haven't seen it. So we've obviously got Blades Aspinall at the top. Um, yeah. Hermanson, uh, Teal was co-main. Uh, then on the main card, we've got uh, Krylov versus Gustafsson, uh, Paul Craig versus Uzdemir. Um, Paddy versus uh, Jordan, um, and then headlining. It looks like I don't know if this is in any any order, but um, headlining the prelims. It looks like surely it's got Mackay. It's got to it? be Molly. Yeah, it's got to be Molly. Um, Molly will probably be on the main card. I think. Are you looking at topology? I am. Yeah, I know these. This is yeah, that, prone to be. That's not like about. the. That's not always the card kind of it. Th- I think the top three fights will probably be that. Yeah. But Paddy and Molly um, have got to be on that main card, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Maybe Molly would headline the prelims. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if Mikhaev, you know, I know he's he's 
he's being spoke about in in you know huge amounts I think he'd be in circles, but he's he's prelims, isn't he? He opened it before, didn't he? He was like fight past he prelims was. before, so I think he'd be on like the normal prelims. Mm. And uh, I'll could see um, uh, Amakani's on the on the fight versus Jonathan Pierce. Um, I'm surprised there's not more British fighters on there. Um, the, the, Mark Dear Casey's yeah, on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm surprised there's no Lerone Murphy, no Jai Herbert. Um, uh, well, Jack Shaw's fighting the week before against Ricky Simone, yeah. isn't he? We talked about that. Yeah. If you haven't seen our interview with Ricky Simone, check that out. Um, he is fighting Jack Shaw a week before the London card. So... Uh, Check out our chat with with Ricky Simone and how uh, how he sees Jack and what he, how he thinks that fight's going to go. And fingers crossed, we'll get to catch up with Jack as well before that fight. So it'll be good to get his thoughts on yes. um, on that fight, which is arguably the biggest fight of his career to date, and uh, and and probably the biggest test of his career as well. So uh, looking forward to get Jack Jack's take on that, and definitely want to get Jack's dad on at some point as well. And uh, and also yes. talking about fighters from down there. Um, huge congratulations to Robert Elliott uh, on his recent win at Cage yes. Warriors and huge love and congratulations to Brett Johns who got married at the weekend so uh, yes. so big shout and he's fighting James Gallagher soon yes. at Bellator Dublin yeah love that love that right I think uh, anything else you want to talk about no mate I think we're done wonderful well look um, we- there I go I said it <laughs> there you go I said it <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> alright well look um we mentioned the Ricky Simone episode uh, that come out last week. If you've not checked that, go check that out. We've mentioned Jack Sean. We've mentioned so many of the British fighters uh, as we look ahead towards uh, the July the 23rd card. Go explore our back catalogue because um, I think, Mr. Harrison, this could be, I might be wrong, could be episode 100. Really? Yeah. Oh, we should really we should really have paid attention to that and like done something nice Maybe for it's it, not. Maybe it's not. I think we're getting there. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do something for uh, for episode 100, unless this is it. Then, If, uh, if so, then. Yeah, if sorry. Yeah, if this is 100, then fuck it. Well, we've, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You, There's you 100, 200. guys. A century of episodes, yeah. Um, but if it's not, we should, do, we should do it in person, because we do all these over Zoom all the time. We should do yeah. something in person or something. Good idea. Good idea. But, yeah, go check out the back catalogue, because all your favourite British fighters, we spoke to them, and we spoke to some um, absolute... Um, beast as well from the international circuit as well from legends like Tyron Woodley and uh, gosh who else have we had on that um, from Michael Bisping Dan Hardy yep who we have Alexander Volkanovsky Volkanovsky yeah of course Angela Hill who else have we had from overseas oh uh, Derek Brunson oh of course yeah absolutely um yeah, so anyway, there's, there's a bundle there, so go get stuck in. You can listen to them all for free, and if you subscribe uh, to the podcast, it helps us with the little algorithms and, and all of that malarkey, and, uh, and it means you don't miss an episode. You just get a little um, episode pop-up on your listening device, so go do that. Um, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so go give us a follow, a like, a love, a share, a retweet, and all of that over there. Um, any questions you've got, then um, fire over some, some MMA questions to us, and, uh, and yeah, at the end of some episodes and that, if we get some good questions, then we'll always, if we're not doing a, a specific listener question episode, we'll, we'll always try and answer some questions if they're, they sort of tie in around the sort of the fighters or the events that we're talking about. Other than that, we'll see you next time. 
See you later, guys. There, I said it. I knew you was going to get a number one email. <laughs>